There's this iconic scene in season four of Breaking Bad where Skylar White is urging her husband Walter White to give up cooking crystal meth, seek help from the police, and admit that he's in danger. And Walter White, uh, his response is, you clearly don't know who you're talking to, so let me clue you in. I'm not in danger. I am the danger. A guy opens his door and gets shot, and you think that of me? No, I am the one who knocks. I was thinking about that this morning because I saw a poll on the NHL on NBC uh, Twitter account asking who the best team in the Atlantic was, and it had the Bruins listed, of course, and then followed by the um, Buffalo Sabres and the Toronto Maple Leafs. And it made me think of that scene because the Sabres and the Maple Leafs are not the one who is knocking here. It is the Bruins who are firmly in control, and they're the ones doing the knocking in the Atlantic Division. So anyone else to suggest that there's any other Heisenberg in the Atlantic Division other than the Boston Bruins is clearly fooling themselves. Hello and welcome to the Friday, November 8th edition of the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ian McLaren, and uh, this is where we gather together every day to discuss all things Spoked B. If you'd like to follow the show on Twitter, you can do so at LO underscore Boston Bruins. You can also find me at ENC McLaren. Please uh, subscribe, download, listen, rate, and review the podcast on uh, Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, uh, Pocket Casts, wherever else you get your podcasts. It'd be greatly appreciated if you took all of those steps on your podcast app. Uh, as I said, today is Friday, November 8th. The Bruins are getting ready to play the Red Wings in Detroit tonight. So we'll begin the show just by uh, teeing that game up uh, before we get into some other stuff. I will admit to not watching any NHL hockey last night. I was uh, in attendance at the Odd in Kitchener, Ontario, where the OHL team was playing uh, Russian juniors uh, last night. The OHL team uh, beat Russia by a score of 4-1. to one. A pretty dominant performance by the Ontario youngsters. And I got to watch uh, the likes of Quinton Byfield and Cole Perfetti uh, two guys who uh, are likely to uh, be picked in the top five this coming draft, so not really relevant to the Bruins, of course, as they're tracking to be a uh, pretty low first-round pick, if if they decide to hold on to it this year, that is. Uh, but uh, always good to be down at the rink, watching hockey, enjoying a couple adult beverages. Um, and uh, for those of you in Canada or who plan to travel up here at some point, I highly recommend visiting the closest junior hockey rink because it's always uh, very entertaining hockey. But this is, of course, a Boston Bruins podcast. And like I mentioned, the Bruins are getting ready for a game here Friday night in Detroit, uh, coming off a loss to the Canadians on Tuesday night. Um, but to get into that, I wanted to talk, surprise, surprise, a little bit about Zach Seneshin. He was the big story um, after that game with, uh, what became, uh, two assists. He was credited with an assist later by the NHL on, uh, Connor Clifton's goal. He got an assist on a goal scored by Anders Bjork, and he should have had a third assist on Car- Charlie Coyle's goal. 
uh, the primary assist on that one, but it uh, was wiped out due to that offside review that we've talked about ad nauseum on here. But overall, he had a very encouraging performance um, alongside Coyle and Bjork. That line really seems to uh, be a, a spark plug for the Bruins, and it'll be great to see them back in action together on uh, Friday. Um Seneshin of his performance, uh, he was asked on Thursday, um, after he was sent down and recalled just kind of as a, um, a paper transaction for salary cap purposes, but he said it was nice to be out there for those goals. Definitely gives you a little bit of confidence. I'm just looking at other parts of my game, advancing pucks, having a good stick, those little details, just trying to help the team win. It's necessary it's not necessarily your points, he said. I had a very slow start to my year in Providence. And sometimes it's not even the fact of you getting points or not. Sometimes it's just puck luck, which we all know is true in hockey. Uh, I think he only had like three points through 12 games in Providence. Uh, he almost had the three points in that one game alone in Montreal. So um, it's nice to see him stepping up with this opportunity. And I really hope that he is able to stick up and uh, that that line can can do something special. I really believe that. Bruce Cassidy of Seneshin's performance in Montreal, he said, I think he handled it really well. He gave us about 11 solid minutes on the puck. Him and Bjorki did a real good job getting on pucks, turning pucks over to give us a chance to get on the attack. He drew a penalty by going to the net, uh, getting inside ice, something we've asked him to do. So that's kind of getting in the, the dirty areas. Uh, in front of the net, behind the net, uh, used his speed and his body position. A great example of that. Freed up a few pucks on the forecheck, got a couple of assists. Uh, he had to do a lot, a lot with a couple of those goals by getting pucks first, win your races, be accountable defensively. So it's really cool to see, um, yeah, Cassidy acknowledge the work that, that Seneshin's put in. One really cool note that I thought, uh, was neat was uh, Seneshin talking about him and Anders Bjork. He said they've become really close friends. They haven't played too much together down in Providence, but it's always a treat to play with a guy with that much speed and skill. Uh, it's awesome to have him as a friend on the bench too. I thought that was really cool and uh, that they can uh, get these reps in together at the NHL level. Seneshin added uh, what Cassidy uh, told him in advance of Friday's game. He said, Coach gave me some things to work on for Detroit and some stuff to really focus on, which is good. Progress, not perfection. There's no such thing as a perfect game of hockey, although maybe he hasn't watched too much of Patrice Bergeron because we all know he's as close to perfect as it gets. But he said, that's what I'm trying to focus on, bringing more things to my game and improving each game that I'm up here. Um, so uh, it's good to see Cassidy getting in his ear and, and pushing him to improve game in, game out, not uh, you know rest on any laurels and not uh, just be satisfied with being called up, but to, to do whatever he can to, to stay there. Um, and that third line may be called upon to carry a bit more of the load with uh, Jake DeBrusque being injured. He didn't practice on Thursday, didn't travel to Detroit for Friday night's game, and he's dealing with a lower body injury that he suffered in Montreal, and I guess he's... He's day-to-day. He, he played through it in Montreal, but he woke up the next day not feeling great. Um, so he maybe he could be back for Sunday's game against the Flyers, but um, he's day-to-day at this point. So 
with Sinitian called up. Uh, Peter Solerik was also recalled from Providence, and he's taking the place on the second line with David Krejci and Danton Heinen. Um, so the lines in practice were, of course, Marsha Amberger on Pasternak, Solerik, Krejci, Heinen, Bjork, Coyle, Sinitian, and then Wagner, Corrali, and Ritchie on the fourth line. One uh, defensive note to mention that's pretty big is that uh, Zidane Ochara and Charlie McAvoy, they've been paired together uh, almost always since McAvoy entered the league during the uh, 2017 playoffs. But on Thursday's practice, the two are split up. Uh, Chara was paired with Connor Clifton and McAvoy skated alongside Matt Grizzlich. Um, and Cassidy's thinking there was to free up McAvoy who only has four assists in 15 games for a bit more offense and create a bit more balance on the back end. Cassidy said, we see it as being more equitable if Clifton goes with Z. Uh, it matches the size factor a little better. We always thought Grizz and Clifton were two good players, but they are they an ideal pair? This allows Charlie to free up a bit on the offensive side of things, maybe not get the heavy matchup every time over the boards. Um, so it'll be yeah, really cool to see uh, Grizz and McAvoy skating together. I think that has the potential to be a really dynamic pairing. Um, Grizzlich and McAvoy have had a good relationship dating back to their days at BU. They've played well together traditionally. Cassidy's not worried about it. And uh, Chara and Clifton, we haven't really seen much of them together, but Chara has a way of uh, making his partner feel really at ease. So I think that... Uh, could work too. So it's nice to see uh, Cassidy sh- switching things up a bit and uh, taking some uh, calculated risks with the lineup uh, with a view to improving on the past two performances where they are one and one in their last two games, but um, probably their two more questionable performances of the season so far in that win over Pittsburgh and the loss to um, to the Canadians the other night. Before we move on, I just want to mention DoorDash. Treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurant come to you with DoorDash. Right now, Locked On Boston Bruins listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code LOCKEDON. Now, being at that junior game last night got me thinking about uh, some Bruins prospects in the pipeline that we haven't really touched on so far this season. We've talked a bit about the uh, guys down in Providence, and uh, we'll get Jess Belmosto back on the podcast soon to check in on the Providence Bruins. But, um, yeah, I was interested to see how guys who are over in Europe still or in the elsewhere in the CHL to see how they were doing uh, so far this season. And um, I looked first at Cedric Paré. You may remember that he was drafted in the sixth round by the Bruins in 2017, 173rd overall, and through 18 games so far this season with the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League's Ramouski Oceanique. Cedric Paré has 22 goals and 22 assists for 44 points. That is good for the league lead in scoring. Uh, Paré is one point ahead of teammate 
uh, Alexis Lafreniere, who has 12 goals and 31 assists for 43 points. Lafreniere, as you may know, is in line to um, be maybe the number one overall pick in the 2020 draft, at least top three, uh, with uh, Quentin Byfield up there as well, uh, the likes of Cole Perfetti, Drysdale up there too. But um, certainly Paré is benefiting from playing with a talent like Lafreniere, but still it's uh, impressive to see a sixth-round pick of the Boston Bruins leading his junior league in scoring. Uh, the queue is a bit bonkers when it comes to scoring and, and lots of um, yeah, lots of uh, crazy goal scoring goes on down there, as you can tell by the 44 points through 18 games. But um, really cool to see Paré uh, excelling alongside Lafreniere and um, to get yeah that, that kind of uh, production going so far from a guy that maybe we haven't really uh, thought about since, since he was drafted by the Bruins a couple years ago. What's kind of crazy is the Bruins, I believe, only have two players playing uh, major junior hockey up in Canada. The other is Axel Anderson, who was sent back to the Moncton Wildcats. Uh, he's been down there for nine games. He has seven assists through nine games. He, of course, was drafted in the second round, 57th overall by the Bruins in 2018. Uh, the rest of the more prominent guys are either playing in Europe or um, college hockey in the States. I think specifically of John Beecher, who was drafted uh, 30th overall by the Bruins this year in 2019, uh, their first-round pick. He's playing his first season at the University of Michigan, and he has one goal, three assists for four points uh, through eight games so far. Uh, Quinn Olson, who was drafted 92nd overall in the third round, he's got a goal and an assist in three games for the University of Minnesota Duluth. And um, let's see who else here. Yeah, uh, Curtis Hall. He was drafted in the fourth round by the Bruins in 2018. And he's currently playing for Yale University, a center who has uh, two goals through two games so far this season. Uh, so definitely Cedric Paré is the one who jumps off the page uh, to me right now as uh, a guy to keep an eye on. Um, throughout the season. If you have a chance to watch any Ramuski games, I would suggest doing that because between him and Lafreniere, it's a quite quite a group that they have uh, there this season. So that's just a quick look at some notable prospects that the Bruins have going these days. Looking at the Providence situation, uh, Salaric and Bjork, they were the two younger guys that jumped out and have been rewarded with uh, recalls as well as Senershin. Uh, Solarik had 10 points, 6 goals, 4 assists through 7 games. Bjork had 3 goals and 5 assists for 8 points through 7 games. Um, some of the other guys making some noise, Jack Stadnicka, he's got 2 goals and 6 assists through uh, 13 games. Cameron Hughes, we've talked about since he was recalled. Uh, Jacob Borrell, he's got a goal and 4 assists in 13 games. Trent Frederick with uh, five assists through 13 games. And Oscar Steen with two goals, two assists. Jacob Lauko with three goals uh, in 11 games. Those are the guys uh, to keep an eye on most this season, I believe. Uh, Pavel Shen, he's got two assists in nine games. Yerho Vakanainen, two assists through 13 games. 
But again, we'll get uh, Jess Belmosto again on here soon to to take a deeper look at the Providence Bruins. Uh, so yeah, just a, a little look at Bruins prospects in the system uh, that uh, just was inspired to do so based on watching some junior players uh, play last night in uh, in Kitchener again, uh, which was which is always fun. Uh, so yeah, coming up to end the show, we'll just take a quick look around the NHL. In NHL action on Thursday night, the New York Islanders uh, had their 10-game winning streak snapped by the Pittsburgh Penguins. The Islanders were actually up 3-0 in that game, but the Penguins rallied and scored four straight goals for the win. Uh, Maple Leafs coach Mike Babcock got his 700th career victory as the Maple Leafs beat the Golden Knights 2-0 in overtime. Uh, Babcock now sits 8th on the all-times win list for NHL coaches. But as we all know, he is currently 0-2 in playoff series as head coach of the Maple Leafs. Um, what else is going on? Yeah, the Colorado Avalanche uh, kind of destroyed the Nashville Predators on Thursday night, which was very impressive considering they're without Miko Rantanen, Gabriel Laniscog, and starting goalie Philip Grubauer. Uh, can miss the next couple of games, including that one with a lower body injury. And also Nathan McKinnon left the game in the second period. Uh, but despite all that, they beat the Predators, who are a very good team, by a score of 9-4. to Junis Donskoy had a hat-trick in that one. Um, so really impressive stuff from the Colorado Avalanche, who are very resilient. I mentioned yesterday Brian Little had a bit of a gruesome injury. Uh, he was struck in the head by a slap shot from Nikolai Ellers, his, uh, his teammate, and he had a perforated eardrum and suffered vertigo as a result. Uh, if you're curious, do Google perforated eardrum and see the uh, causes of that. I won't uh, go into the details for the squeamish out there, but uh, not really for the faint of heart. Um, so hopefully he can... Uh, get better soon because you never like to see that happen to anybody in the game. Bruins related reports and rumors. Uh, Fluto Shinzawa of The Athletic. He reports outside sources believe the Detroit Red Wings will be a team with a hand raise for Tory Krug if the Boston Bruins defenseman tests next summer's free agent market. Krug is, of course, a Michigan guy and uh, he played for. Wings head coach Jeff Blashill in the USHL. Uh, the Red Wings are also, of course, a rebuilding team, desperate for a power play quarterback. So that could be a great fit for them. Um, who knows if Blashill will actually be around by the end of uh, the season and into next year, based on how they're playing so far this season. Um, but Steve Eiserman has already begun making a mark on this team by uh, adding some skill in Robbie Fabry. Um, there's some uh, reports out there, specifically from uh, Pierre Maguire, who suggested that the Eisenman might be willing to shop 2018 first-round pick Philip Zadina, who um, is not—he's an offensive talent, but not really great off the puck. Um, probably wasn't worth being picked sixth overall, um, Maguire says, but that's still up for debate. It can take players plenty of time to develop, as we all know. Uh, with Zach Sinitian only making uh, 
the team at what 21 22 uh so uh interesting times for the uh the red wings for sure as um Iserman looks to build that team a uh, bunch of players could be available uh such as andreas athanasiu uh, jimmy howard mike green uh, those guys could be had at the deadline. Um, so we'll keep an eye on them as the season goes on in that respect, as the Bruins look to maybe add prior to the deadline as well. One guy who's really generating a lot of interest is uh, Jean-Gabriel Pajot in Ottawa. He has uh, no contract extension talks so far with the Senators. Uh, he's off to the best statistical start of his career. He actually led the NHL in plus minus. I know that doesn't really mean anything, but that's pretty crazy when you consider he plays for the Senators. And Ian Mendez reports, uh, he works for TSN. He reports that it, the Senators could ask for a first and a prospect for Pajot at the deadline, which uh, would be a really nice haul for um for the Senators, to say the least. They already have two first-round picks this year in their own and um, in the San Jose deal with Eric Carlson. The Senators also could be interested in Jason Spezza if he's waived by the Senators, but uh, Bruce Garriock of the Ottawa Sun says, wow, he might be good in the dressing room. They don't really need an aging player taking a roster spot from their young players in Ottawa. So those are some things to keep an eye on this weekend uh, through the Bruins game tonight with uh, the Red Wings. And uh, there's also a couple afternoon games coming up this weekend with the Sabres and Lightning in Sweden for a, uh, a couple games. Uh, so those are two teams that obviously we keep an eye on here. I'm locked on Boston Bruins as Atlantic Division foes. Thanks for another great week of Locked On Boston Bruins episodes. This is the 30th complete episode that we've done, and I really appreciate all the support. Uh, everyone who downloads uh, tweets me to say, uh, great show. It really means a lot, and um, I hope that you continue to listen and tell your friends about the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. You can find us on Twitter at LO underscore Boston Bruins. Find me at ENC McLaren, and you can also um, email me at LockedOnBostonBruins at gmail.com as well. Thanks so much, friends, for tuning in again, and I hope you all have a great weekend, and we'll catch you on the flip side with another episode of Locked On Boston Bruins on Monday. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite hockey team every single day.